0: Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg
1: Podcast. If you feel the need to make changes to your investment accounts but are concerned about taking a tax hit, Mike is going to share some ideas for efficiency and something I'm really excited to discuss.
0: Uh-oh, here it comes.
1: What Rock and Roll Hall of Famers have sold over 150 million albums but have made the majority of their money from a video game. You are not going to believe. it's blew my mind. The business part of this I've missed
0: out. I'm just not a video games person. So there's all these industries where it blows my mind how much money people make doing things that I'm not personally interested in. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around it.
1: Well, your kids may know about it, Mike. That could be. Well, my daughter
0: wants to be a video game designer. That's
1: right. Yeah. She's in school for uh, that, isn't she?
0: She is, yeah. And she's doing well with it. Got uh, accepted into the program. And so it's awesome. But when she said, I don't know. Five, six years ago, that's what I want to do for a living, dad. I immediately went into dad mode and I was like, well, sweetie, maybe. um...
1: How are you really going to make money,
0: though? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, seriously, I ain't really going to. Turns out she's probably going to make a lot of money doing something that I didn't take very seriously at the time. But yeah,
1: I mean, you can be an influencer on YouTube and make a really good living granted that is not you mike that's not me don't that's get me not started our on influencers
0: yeah i know katie, but that's a professional. my wife now. katie not my daughter katie is uh into an influencer that pushes uh makeup products okay and i think my wife katie is officially her best client because there's <laughs> stuff coming in <laughs> katie did something called a lip mask the other day oh uh, yeah I did, did she uh, so... think it helped <laughs> i have no idea so I went to kiss her goodnight, and she goes, no, no, no. I'm like, what? She goes, I got the lip mask on. I was like, what is a <laughs> lip mask?
1: <laughs> so
0: anyway, just so...
1: See, but somebody's making a living by promoting a lip mask. That is insane. But if it works, hey, good for them. It's and a good whole for
0: other Katie. industry apparently I'm going to miss out on because I don't understand. Well,
1: don't if her lips are that. nice and soft, you're not missing out, my friend. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see
0: what happens.
1: If you've got questions about anything financial and your near retirement are already there, we're going to discuss a lot of things that pertain to your 401k, IRA, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, taxes, and retirement. But if you've got specific questions, you can connect and interact with us anytime at guardingyournesteg.com. It's obvious, at least to me, that our economy is in a very weird and uncomfortable place, with inflation now just over 9%, the highest rate in nearly 40 years you know, Mike, the talking heads don't seem to be all on the same page about what trajectory our economy is heading in. But Chris Harvey of Wells Fargo Securities shared with MarketWatch why he believes investors should prepare for a possible recession.
0: The consumer's balance sheet, about 25 percent of it or close to a quarter of it is in equities. And with equities down 20 percent or roughly down 20 percent in the first six months of the year, what we're going to see is That weigh on consumer sentiment, which is going to weigh on discretionary spending and ultimately the economy. The one thing we say is the equity beta for the economy has never been higher in the last 50 years. And so we're very worried that that we are going to have a hard hard landing or recession, and it's going to be driven by the consumer.
1: Now, you've talked about discretionary spending being an issue in the past. Is this something Mm -hmm. you agree with?
0: 100 percent and i you know kristen we've been talking about uh, recession and markets pulling back uh really I mean, since the end of last year beginning of this year and we've been making changes to client portfolios we got real conservative in uh, the beginning of the year back in march went ahead and moved retirement accounts things like iras and roth iras so it's not a taxable transaction we went ahead and moved to cash and Just to protect money. And frankly, I was asked the other day, because I think our listeners probably agree with this based on the phone calls that we're getting. I don't think most financial advisors and most firms actually moved clients to cash. I think the message that people are hearing for the most part is, hey, just hang in there, it's going to get better. So the fact that we made changes, I guess is pretty unique.
1: Oh, by the the way, uh, um, our team let me know that we got some calls last week of people saying, that, hey, I've got an advisor, and they're charging me a fee, but nothing has changed in two years. So basically, they're being forced to hang in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the industry as a whole. If you break it down, what would be the easiest way to run an investment advisory company? The easiest way would be to bring clients in, convince them that they need to be diversified, which I agree is important. And then convince them that when markets are down, just hang in there. Eventually, it'll come back because eventually they do. But that's the least amount of work for the financial advisor and the firm. And obviously, the most headaches and issues for the client. But eventually, it does come back. And that has been Uh um, really the way the financial industry has worked for a very, very long time. Just think about things like 401ks. It's literally a hang in their approach. Here are your investment options. You can either be aggressive or conservative, but ultimately no matter where you are, you're not going to get investment advice and you're going to be hanging in there. We've been doing this radio program for a long time and we want to make sure that we practice what we preach, which is we believe in active management of portfolios. I don't want to use just the hang in their approach. I don't think our clients, individuals that are retired or very close to it, are going to benefit from that as much long-term as they would active management because again, it's their nest egg. They can't afford to take big losses. Uh, Our clients are more willing to get up a portion of gains than they are to take those big losses. So uh, again, yeah, we've been making changes in anticipation of things getting bad. And like I was saying, I, I got a question just the other day, I was talking to a large firm and they wanted to know basically Mike, why did you move accounts? Out of the stock market and why did you get real conservative back in January why did you then go to cash back in March what were your and it was interesting from an industry standpoint because they were like what were your signals like who are you talking to like what's going on like what you know everybody wants to know hey what's the secret sauce and to me the reality of the financial service industry is there really is no secret sauce nobody has a crystal ball and if there was a secret sauce or a crystal ball, somebody would just take that, find a way to manipulate it, then the markets would change. Uh-huh. Right? It would just the idea of Wall Street is a it's a zero sum game, meaning for someone to make money, somebody has to lose money, so it's constantly evolving. And so in the most basic way I answered that question and I said, Well, and it's not that we don't have triggers or indicators, but I just said, Listen, if you took a look back in December of twenty twenty one. At everything that was going on in the economy and this is obviously pre you know Russia Ukraine and everything else you took a look at what was happening in the economy the stock market and real estate if you didn't come to the conclusion that this wasn't sustainable and that eventually we were gonna have an issue and that by the way you can't print all this money and just give it to people and not have inflation issues and not eventually have this I mean it all eventually ends badly so again, I I oversimplified it, but I said, you know, so we just decided that the potential for markets going higher was outweighed by the potential for markets going lower, giving everything that was going on and our clients are retired or close to it. So we want to make sure that we help them protect and grow their assets. And so it's really that simple. Now that's turned out so far to be a good move, but moving forward, we still have to find a way to help our clients protect and grow their money. So what I do like about this market although it's I think going to be very bad here through the end of the year Mm -hmm. is that I do feel it's predictable. So there are ways to make money in this market. And I would just encourage our listeners don't hang in there. Don't take that advice, at least get a second opinion. Give us a call, find out. Have we been doing better than you're doing? If we have been doing better than how you've been doing, then maybe you want to find out how it is we're going about that. You know, maybe what we would recommend to you. My fear is that a lot of people right now are out there frustrated with this current market. They're going to bury their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to wait for it to come back. I'm afraid it's going to take a while. And there are opportunities in this market, and we would love to share them with you.
1: A recession would impact Americans in every tax bracket, and I found CNBC's recent millionaire survey very interesting, Mike. They spoke Mm. with people that have at least a million dollars in investable assets, possibly some of the clients of Talon Wealth. Who knows, Mike? But so far, that group isn't panicking or selling. Most are raising more cash and moving more money into short-term fixed income investments because of rising interest rates. Is that a good strategy for those of us that may not quite have seven figures of investable assets?
0: First of all, what I pull from that is somebody might ask, why would somebody move into short-term fixed income investments uh, because of raising interest rates? And the technical reason for that is if you go to long-term fixed investments, the yield curve, not to get too technical, the longer the yield curve or the longer the investment the more of an impact that raising interest rates would have on you. You could actually be negative. So it's safer to go with short-term investments. Personally, I believe we're not using lots of those investments. So whether it's a millionaire or it's not a millionaire, uh, whether that's their portfolio or not, I I think we're talking about sort of an industry standard where many, many people, and and the majority out there, are getting advice, things like hang in there or – well, hey, just move to, if you're, if you're afraid of the market, we'll move you to, again, short-term fixed income investments. Uh, that's just another version to me of, of burying your head in the sand. Uh, first of all, if I was going to do that, I would have wanted to do it back in January because otherwise I would have gotten really beaten up in this market up till, uh-huh. you know, the summer. Second, if I do it now, I'm a little late to the game because the market's already down quite a bit and those investments may not do that well. But third, we're not looking at all of the investment options that are available to everyone that's out there. So if we look at our investments in terms of, well, my options are cash, short-term fixed investment options like bonds or stocks, well, that's three options. And I get it, right now maybe I wish I wasn't in stocks and I just wanna go to cash or short-term investment options. But if you actually take a step back and take a look at all of the options that are available, there's a lot more out there, Kristen, and we wanna share that with people because I think this market is creating lots of opportunities to make money.
1: And if you'd like to know more about those opportunities, reach out to Mike at guardingyournesteg.com. Now, a little something different on our podcast about one of my, and probably your, favorite rock bands of all time. Yes, Aerosmith, they have sold over 150 million albums in their career, and each member has an estimated fortune of well over $100 million each. But according to PC Magazine, yes, I did some nerding out the other day, the majority of their money came from licensing 29 of their songs to guitar hero the video game now this isn't really a new trend for musicians these days i mean they're getting less money from album and download sales more and more are making money from things like endorsements concerts and even video games that's oh, their wow. bread and have butter. you ever
0: played guitar hero
1: yes i have
0: it's been a long time. A long time ago, yes. It was fun. I haven't done it, but... Uh,
1: oh, my gosh. We should do that, like, with the entire talent team. I mean, it's a lot of people, number uh, one. I but don't do this, still, this was
0: a long time ago, but, you know, you get the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, sort of multiple guitars. That little drum tiny set, guitar. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't. It it's makes me feel old, even talking about Guitar Hero. I don't know if they sell it anymore. I was gonna or say not. I don't know but, if it's yeah. even
1: popular anymore. Since your daughter is going to school to make video games, will you please check in and find out if we are out of <laughs> touch because we probably are.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Guitar Hero was her thing. But uh, <laughs> she's not as much of a Aerosmith fan as we are. I tried really so. hard when she was young. You know, I only played classic rock in the car growing up. So, uh, <laughs> but. We'll see how that turns out.
1: You're a dad. You're a husband. You're a son. You're all these things, but you're also a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor that happens to like rock and roll. Mm -hmm. But the rock and roll part aside, Mike, what is your advice to people listening this weekend that may feel the need to make some changes to their investment accounts because of the environment we're in? but are worried about taking a hit from Uncle Sam. I mean, a hit from Uncle Sam is a thought process in a lot of things we do, but especially investing.
0: It's obviously a more complicated thought process because taxes, uh, they change and you try to figure out how's the money going to be taxed. But this, we would be addressing individuals that have accounts outside of things like an IRA or a 401k or a 403b or TSP account. So, money falls into different category so you've got money that's tax-deferred so that would be again IRAs 401ks TSB your, your retirement accounts you probably set up with an employer or that you've been making contributions to over time you had okay. the ability to make a contribution without paying tax on it and that money can continue to grow uh, what's referred to as tax deferred just means you're not paying taxes on the gains even if you trade the account until you actually take distributions or take money out of that account and then it gets taxed as ordinary income so this wouldn't apply to, to anyone there as far as uncle sam until they actually pull money out okay but for individuals that have things like um joint accounts so maybe husband and wife or uh, spouses or individual accounts or trust accounts all of these accounts are are taxable when you make the transaction so what we find and and particularly now since we're coming off of the longest bull market in history so markets have essentially been going up not straight up right Uh but up since march of 2009 there's a lot of gains in there over that period of time and depending on when you invested you could have very very significant capital gains and you, you take a look at your portfolio and this is where a lot of advisors will say hey just hang in there don't worry about it once you go higher because if you do start making trades then those trades may be taxable and you have to make a decision well do i just go ahead and pay the tax on it to avoid further losses in the account or do i just hang in there with the belief it'll go higher so i give you an example of conversations we're having in the office about this i'm going to do an analysis on the current portfolio and find out exactly what those capital gains are so in some cases People rode the market up because now markets are down. Uh-huh. Maybe they don't really have much in the way of capital gains. Maybe they're making the assumption that they're going to have to pay taxes if they make changes. But the reality is that they really wouldn't have to pay tax. Or maybe they would actually get a, a tax credit because they have a loss. Or maybe the gains are less than what they thought what they would be. But that's where the analysis comes in. I mean, we, 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 I know we talk a lot on the program about, well, hey, come in, let's do an analysis on your current portfolio where we're going to find out. Not only how efficient the portfolio is, what returns are likely to be, what are you paying in fees, and then how much risk are you taking to get those returns. But with the market down right now, taking a closer look at it and saying, well, what are your capital gains really? Because if if there isn't a significant taxable event to making changes to your portfolio, I think you should consider it. Because we're taking a look at markets that we think are going to be significantly lower by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. If there's no tax consequence why would you ride that down the problem is a lot of people don't understand whether there's a tax consequence or there's not a tax consequence very true and then even for the individuals where there is a tax consequence well do I have a crystal ball do I know the stock market's gonna be significantly lower later no I mean something could happen I guess I just right now I can't imagine a world where it's not I I think we are currently in a recession and and the numbers are gonna prove that here the reality is find a way to make a decision about what to do with your money even if you do have capital gains if somebody's telling you to hang in there okay but have you looked at all the other options that are available because there are ways Kristen, to take a look at a portfolio well maybe you have some positions that are down maybe we could sell those positions use that to buy other positions to offset losses that you may be taking moving forward there's a lot that can be done. I think one of the biggest issues is as is our industry and what I mean by that is the financial service industry as a whole for the most part isn't set up to help people actively manage portfolios or be tactical in the management of it. It's really set up to just sort of collect assets and convince people to hang in there and don't worry about it eventually get better. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the, the program, that, that's a much easier business model for large corporations mm-hmm. that are having to manage multiple branch offices across the country, hundreds of advisors across the country, you know, trying to get all of that to work seamlessly through active management is very difficult. And so typically they just opt for, hang in there and, and unfortunately clients suffer. Kristen, we would be referred to as a successful, but boutique private management firm oh I like that yeah Well, (laughs) sounds cute right but we are structured to help clients actively manage portfolios and if we can provide value in doing that then it makes sense for people to work with us I would define value as well if we can show you how to get a higher average rate of return net of any fee you would pay us then it might make sense if we can also show you how to take less risk to get those returns it probably makes more sense but starts with an analysis we do that for our listeners' complimentary. This is is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournesteg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions hands Answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information.